Today's episode of Ministry Monday is sponsored by the 2022 Winter Colloquium, taking place February 14th through 16th in Nashville, Tennessee. NPM presents Open Hearts and Minds, Intercultural Mystagogia for Pastoral Leaders, a three-day event focusing on looking through the lens of interculturalism. How can we best celebrate our differences to create unity in diversity through the experience of community of prayer? Learn more about the Winter Colloquium at npm.org. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is Episode 186 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy, produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I'm your host, Amanda Bruce. Well, today ends our series on continuing education. There are many music degrees available across the country at respected colleges and universities, but what about music ministry-specific degrees? How can we combine the experience of a college education with high-level musical, theological, and liturgical educations as well? Today on the podcast, I discuss the unveiling of a brand new program available at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The program, built as an undergraduate program, seeks to provide a realistic education for today's music minister. Today, I sit down with Dr. Stephen Benham to discuss this brand new program. Dr. Benham is a professor of music education at Duquesne University and is a church musician himself. He joins us today from his office in Pittsburgh. Today on Ministry Monday, I'm speaking to Dr. Stephen Benham. How are you today? I am well, Amanda. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me here on your Ministry Monday Monday podcast. I am glad to have you. Um, Now, as we start, how would you like me to address you? Is Steve okay or Dr. Benham? Uh, Steve would would be preferred. Thank you very much. Okay. I will say this. I know when we first started working together a couple months ago, um, you and I played for a wedding and um, I'm so used to my colleagues talking to you about you because they were music education majors when I went to school at Duquesne University that I was very aware that you're Dr. Benham, like oh my goodness. <laughs> Dr. Benham is the name. So, so it's, it's nice to call you just Steve. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm not in the least offended. I, I actually will be more comfortable if you do. So, <laughs> okay, great. So for the listeners, if they don't know, um, would you mind just kind of sharing a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I have been teaching at Duquesne for 20 years. This is my 21st year. Hey. And uh, yeah, so that's an exciting milestone. I'm not a Pittsburgh native, uh, moved here to come to Duquesne 
and immediately fell in love with the city and the university. I did not expect, um, having never been to Pittsburgh, I did not expect uh, anything other than a dark, dreary, coal, fire-filled, smoke-inhabited uh, city, which of course it, it hasn't been that way for decades. It's a, it's a vibrant um, city with a huge cultural district and a huge art scene and communities that are young and growing and uh, developing. Um, and it's got a huge uh, youth and or youthful contingent of people moving in with tech and uh, industries and healthcare. Um, it is, it's an amazing city to live in and a great environment. And then to be at Duquesne, located here in the heart of Pittsburgh, um, and to, to know the mission of Duquesne, I immediately fell in love with the school. Uh, probably the, the, the best part for me were the students. Um, I did not know uh, about the quality of the students that we would encounter at Duquesne. And I've been at, uh, you know, able to visit lots of other institutions, but the quality of the student body at Duquesne was at the very top. And not just in terms of the quality of the individuals, but their musical preparation, their willingness, you know, even in music education and in instrumental music education to, to sing and to participate and to learn. Um, and just the enthusiasm that they brought to their studies was uh, frankly, uh, just motivated me to be a better teacher and uh, work with high quality colleagues here at the School of Music, uh, people who are visionary, people who are outstanding musicians and are very student centered. And so I'm, I'm proud to be uh, a member of the faculty here and uh, to have, have worked here for 20 years. Specifically, my, my main area is music education, right? I'm a professor of music education and my responsibilities focus primarily uh, in terms of teaching in the music education field in the area of string uh, music education. Um, but I have enjoyed for almost a decade the opportunity to serve in administrative roles within the school. So at one point I was the director of graduate studies and then that morphed um, into an associate dean position. And I served in that position for three years. And then um, I, the last couple of years, uh, I decided the continuous associate dean was uh, not what I uh, wanted to do. And uh, I enjoyed the job, I got positive feedback, but um, it just wasn't the right fit for me. And so, uh, the school very graciously um, said, you are, uh, we appreciate uh, the work that you've done. And I'm really grateful to say that Dr. Rachel Whitcomb uh, now serves in that position and she is amazing. She is doing stunning work and we are a better school because of it. So, uh, and then a couple of years ago, David Allen Ware, who had been the performance department chair became our dean and uh, I was able to step into the performance department chair. So I'm a music education professor with a decade of administrative experience. Uh, right now serving the, as the performance department chair, I do teach string pedagogy uh, with uh, Charles Stegman uh, for performance majors, uh, but it's a real privilege for me to work together with our amazing teachers in the performance area. We've got more than 50 faculty, uh, full-time and adjuncts who are in the performance uh, department and some high quality world-class teacher artist performers. 
Uh, so I've been doing this position now for a couple of years and enjoy it. And it's within that uh, particular um, role that I've had the opportunity to be one of the team that crafted the Bachelor of Music and Music Ministry degree program. Uh, that uh, kind of the vision for that uh, began several years ago when uh, Dr. Seth Beckman was the Dean of the Mary Pepper School of Music and he helped catalyze the people together uh, to uh, come, uh, create a, a team to work on this degree. And of course, Dr. Anne Labunski, who has been involved with sacred music at Duquesne for more than 50 years. Wow. She celebrated her 50th anniversary a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. um, she, uh, uh, she had a huge hand in this and was one of the leaders in saying, it's time to do this. So uh, it's been, um, that's been a part of, of, of kind of our goal and COVID interrupted that, uh, some of the, the process and time, uh, the timing on that, but I'm really pleased that the degree was approved by the university and uh, was accredited by our accrediting association, the National Association of Schools of Music in July. Um, you might say, what's a music ed guy? Uh, why is he so passionate about music ministry? Well, I grew up in a family that was heavily involved in music ministry. My earliest church memories are, are watching my mom play piano in the church and my dad conducting the church choir and leading music. And so it's always been a part of my, of my personal life. And uh, for many years, I've had the uh, privilege of, of being involved in, in worship ministry and music ministry at our churches. And uh, I cannot remember a year when I've ever not been involved uh, with making music, whether it's been leading a choir or playing <clears throat> on a worship team or playing special music, that's just been a part of life. Um, and so um, that for me is, is something I'm passionate about. And I've observed the churches as they've changed from very traditional to uh, incorporating more uh, contemporary or modern approaches to music and to worship. And, and I've seen some of the the conflicts over worship styles firsthand and uh, and feel that we um, as a church uh, can do better sometimes. I know many churches are navigating that well, but it's caused, of course, great challenges in other congregations. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, how does one encompass five decades of life in, in a couple <laughs> minutes? I don't know, but uh, I am passionate about, about worship arts and music and ministry, and it's just part of my own uh, my own life and um, and ministry as well and service uh, so music education music ministry they are very intertwined so before we go into the specifics of the degree first off you mentioned it but i'd like us to just kind of name it at the beginning this sure. today we're we're talking about the bachelor of music degree from duquesne university that will be offered starting in the fall of 22 correct is that correct okay that's exactly right amanda yeah we are already uh, have had our first applicants for the program, even though we didn't start formally advertising it until this fall. Um, and it will begin uh, with the first class in fall of 2022, 2022 so next fall. And uh, we are calling it a Bachelor of Music, Music Ministry Emphasis, though it also gets listed as Bachelor of Music and Music Ministry, which is how the NASM lists it. Um, but it is a full Bachelor of Music degree with all that is encompassed in that, all the history, theory, um, applied lessons, performing opportunities, and so on. So big picture here, Bachelor of Music and Music Ministry. What yeah. are some of the objectives for the overall degree? Sure, uh, and that's a great question, right? Because what, uh, 
because when you know when you start up thinking about something like this, you have to think: is there a problem that needs to be addressed, um, or as I say in Pittsburgh, a problem that needs addressed? So a problem <laughs> that needs to be addressed, right? And the answer is absolutely. Uh, we have had in the last several years so many churches contacting Dr. Labunsky or me saying, we have an unfilled music ministry position. Can you can you recommend somebody? And the answer has been, there aren't a lot of people going out there. Uh, and we also are finding that a lot of music ministry degrees focus at sacred music at the master's level or beyond that. Um, we believe strongly that there is an opportunity to provide a high quality professional program to prepare students for a career in music ministry. Um, Duquesne's student body is quite diverse. We are a Catholic institution, but our student body uh, is, is from many different Christian traditions and other faith traditions as well. And uh, some of our students come from churches with uh, traditional liturgical practices, and some come from those that have very contemporary uh, styles of worship. And our... Um, our goal with this program is to prepare students to work in multiple traditions because there are churches as well that may have two or three different types of worship services. I'm aware of some large congregations that have a traditional service, a contemporary service. Uh, they may have what they call an emergent service, um, Taisa service and things like that. And, uh, and so that is something that we did not feel was being addressed sufficiently within Catholic higher education. We did do a survey of, of where worship is, uh, music uh, is taking place, music education is taking place in Catholic higher education. And there aren't a whole lot of institutions that have a, a music performance degree, especially one with music ministry. Most of the music programs in Catholic higher education are a Bachelor of Arts degree which is the broadest um, degree program in music. Uh, and it focuses the least on performance, though that can be a component of it. Um, but that's more of the tradition that we see. So we wanted to fill a void. We also see um, that there are a lot of institutions in the Protestant or evangelical traditions that do have music ministry programs. Um, but we think from our research that this is that Duquesne is the only institution that will offer a Bachelor of Music in music ministry. Now, we could be wrong in that. And so my, I ask my apologies if there's any uh, program that I don't know about. Um, but we, we feel uh, we just know from the job openings that are here in our region that there aren't enough well-trained, qualified people to lead. We also want to provide support for those churches where there are our lay ministry leaders or people who want to get more training, but simply there's not a program to go to for that. Um, and so our, our goal is to help that as well, uh, support, support uh, people in that. So the job shortage is part of that. We also feel strongly that uh, students who are going to be musicians, um, the, we have a belief that we want to honor God with our best, right? We want to bring our best gifts. Um, and we want to, to study and, and, to, and to prepare. Um, we don't want to eliminate anybody from participating in music in a church, but we also want to encourage people to be trained in the same way that our, our pastors and priests have theological training. We want our musicians to have that. And so our students will have the full core curriculum in music. That means, and I, and I mentioned, I think a minute ago, 
all of the musicianship courses, all of the oral skills courses, that will be part of what they do. They will take applied lessons on their primary instrument. They will have conducting classes. They will have choral rehearsal techniques classes. They will have service leading labs or service performing labs, worship leading labs. And if they're not a, a singer and a lot of people interested in ministry might play piano or keyboard or guitar or another instrument, you know, voice lessons will be a part of that regardless of your major. A piano or keyboard or organ lessons can be a component of what you do. Knowing how to play on the guitar is something that's important uh, in, a, in a variety of set, settings. And even if it's not necessarily a formal service, it could be beneficial for youth ministry. It can be beneficial for a retreat uh, situation, things like that. Um, we also believe that, and especially, and COVID has revealed this, and Amanda, here you and I are on a podcast on Zoom, right? That's become life. Uh, it's been hard on many levels, but it's also allowed us to have a broader scope. Um, but a lot of churches were not prepared to deal with technology. And we found out in the last year and a half that there is, a, I mentioned broader scope, a broader reach for many churches uh, to those who are shut in, to the elderly, uh, to people who are traveling, to places where there are congregations internationally where they can, they can uh, hear a live stream service. And um, it's one thing to, to take a video and simply you know, put that on YouTube, but to make it sound good and to look good um, is another challenge. And so uh, we feel that, uh, and have felt that in the, as we designed this program, that preparation in music technology um, was a key component. And so our students will have uh, training as it relates to music ministry and the use of digital audio workstations, notation software, uh, technology for video production and streaming, and other related skills. So they'll have four courses that are part of a music technology uh, program. Uh, it's not enough to get a minor, but it can almost serve as like a little a certificate in, in that way. Um, one of the other concerns that has been expressed, and I've heard this at, at worship conferences and music conferences, is that we have people who go into music ministry with good musical preparation sometimes, but no theological preparation. And we felt strongly that um, having a theological component uh, was really important for the people going into music ministry. And we have really enjoyed our conversations with the theology department at Duquesne and uh, find out that we are able to offer a minor in theology um, to our students as part of this. So we see that we, we believe that the music minister should be able to speak the language of the priest or speak the language of the pastor or the minister or theologian in addition to speaking the language of music. Uh, and so as we look at this program and the specifics of it, uh, I think we've got six courses in theology that, you know, range from uh, you know, theology of ministry to churches and cultural context or Jesus in the visual arts, religion, media, and pop culture. It's a really diverse program. And again, students will be able to take many of those courses over in the theology department with our world-class uh, theology professors. So um, that's, a, that's a big deal. And then I would just say uh, we want to, this program is, is culturally relevant, right? It's contextual. And so 
we know that the church, the active church, addresses areas of need, areas of social justice as well. And so there is a social justice component to this program. And we believe that the music minister is a part of a local community and is heavily involved in outreach programs or, or, or serving the poor. Um, and certainly we have actually already had interest from Africa in this degree uh, program uh, with students who want to be able to be trained in music ministry, but then return to their home and, and to, to work in their, in their local parishes and congregations. Um, and then finally, what I would say is we see strong possibilities to integrate with local congregations. There will be significant field experiences, practica, um, and internships with local congregations. And I've already had uh, individuals from various parishes and, and, and churches contacting me saying, we would love to host a student from Duquesne as part of this. And again, across the spectrum, Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, uh, just to name uh, the four that immediately come to mind. Um, so there are, we have the facilities here. We've got great um, music studios. We've got great organs here at Duquesne, as you know, Amanda. Uh, the chapel's got a beautiful new organ in it. Uh, the Spiritan Campus Ministry provides a home for a lot of uh, these kind of practical practica experiences as well. And um, in addition to other local con congregations. So uh, we, we see uh, students as hopefully being able to take a lot of the skills that, the, that they have here and then to be able to implement them, um, whether it's songwriting or arranging, um, working with diverse musical groups in churches. As you know, you might have someone who plays violin, someone who plays saxophone, and someone who plays you know, the harmonica. How do you bring those three instruments together uh, and that's a real, that's, that's a real uh, opportunity as well. So that's kind of the broad talking points about why this program and why now, um, but we, we really think it's a super program, a comprehensive program. Again, music preparation, theological preparation uh, to work in a variety of Christian denominations and Christian settings, um, ensembles, small groups, choirs, and, and so on. You've mentioned that this is clearly a well-rounded and very practical uh, program that's going to be coming through, which I personally think is great. Uh, I think it's going to give the students a lot of practical application classes and then, of course, practical application in a, in a church setting. I have to ask you, because I know I will get emails about it later, um, you've mentioned, of course, um, instrumentation, you've mentioned sound, you've mentioned all these different things. Um, are there any plans to incorporate any chant classes in the program? Uh, that is a great question, and it's one of several that have come my direction already. And we do have some open windows uh, right now, Amanda, uh, where we can add elective courses, and that is one of the things that we're looking at. We actually have that tradition from our Master of Music and Sacred Music program, and so that would very, be very easy to implement. Um, and I, I certainly see us being able to do that. The program is at 139 credits, so it's full, but we do have about four credits available where we could put in a one credit or two credit uh, chant lab. And I believe that that is uh, important and it's some of the feedback that I've already had has been about that and about service playing, uh, which I did mention will be a part of it, and about organ as well, which we want students to have that experience um, 
so, uh, but yes, chant, I think definitely there's a place for that. And um, we've heard from our constituents already that that needs to be a part of that. So uh, we are planning for that. I can't tell you where it's gonna go yet, um, but uh, we, do have, we do have space in the curriculum for that. Excellent. Great. If someone's listening and they want more information about the program, well, first of all, actually, before we even say that, so you mentioned people, if you're listening, you can apply for the program starting now, correct? Yes, absolutely. We have uh, rolling admissions. And so you can apply now for fall of 2022. Uh, and if you want to do that, the easiest place online is duq.edu slash music admissions. Again, duq.edu slash music admissions. And that will take you right to the web link um, where you uh, will see about how to apply and um, uh, what is available there, uh, tours of the schools, the programs of study and everything else. And, um, uh, and then there are audition dates, instructions about how to audition and when you might audition. Um, some people might be thinking, man, Pittsburgh, it's, it's too far away. You might be on the West Coast or farther south. We have virtual auditions. So one of the great benefits of, um, of Zoom and technology capacities is the ability to do uh, virtual or hybrid auditions. So I am not exaggerating when I uh, tell you that last Friday, we had an audition day and we had a student at 1 p.m. Eastern time who was in Zambia at eight o'clock, his time auditioning on viola. We wow. have a student, yeah, we have a student in January that we will hear at 8 a.m. our time, but it will be, I think, 9 p.m. Uh, in Beijing, China, where the wow. student is. So um, we have that capacity to do the remote uh, auditions. Um, yeah, so if you're interested, uh, duq.edu slash music admissions. And then if you wanna learn more about the program, uh, you scroll down uh, to where it says Bachelor of Music and Music Ministry, and uh, there's a full description of the program there, um, and uh, request for more information and uh, discussion about um, the courses themselves and what, you know, what does the minor in theology mean and all of those sorts of things. So you'll find all the details there. Okay, great. Well, this was great, Steve. If I didn't attend Duquesne already for my undergrad, I would say that maybe I'd come back and do this program. But uh, I am so grateful to, um, I was actually just emailing someone at Duquesne right before this. Um, and they asked me like, you know, what makes you excited about this program? And I said that, I mean, well, first, first and foremost, I want to thank you uh, because there are so few places that really do offer across the country, like you said, some type of sacred music or worship arts type of degree. So I thank you for that. And it is something that is, I really do think that music ministry is difficult because it requires a very high level of musical skill, but it also requires a high level of skills that you develop so that you can change things on the fly, if that makes sense, you know? And so, yeah. um, so I'm so, I mean, I of course went through the sacred music program when I was there as an undergraduate, but the program that you are, that you're starting now, I think is just even more well-rounded for the practical day-to-day -day experience of a sacred musician. So thank you again for doing this. I'm really, I'm really grateful that you guys at Duquesne are continuing to uh, offer something like this. 
Thank you. And, and when you and I uh, performed together a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, boy, it's gone quickly since then, <laughs> we saw the importance of being able to respond in the middle of right. the of the service to what's happening. Do we need to go through another time? And it's interesting to me that um, uh, that whether you are in a Catholic setting, as we were in that moment, or you might go to a, a contemporary a service uh, from a Pentecostal tradition, there the same changing on the fly takes place. Let's do one more chorus. Let's do one more verse. Let's go back to the top of the piece. And uh, there are some large churches where you actually have um, a worship coordinator who is off the side of the platform, who is speaking into the earphones of the people who are who are singing or playing saying we're going to do one more chorus or we're going to do one more verse mm -hmm. uh, and those are those are your largest churches uh, but that does take place and so the ability to improvise not just uh, in the moment but to actually know how to improvise on the instrument is also important so how do you read music that's from a choral octavo how do you read music that's in tablature how do you read music that's a lead sheet or a chord chart you know, there's there's several different ways of even knowing how to read music or how to notate music, and the modern worship musician has to do that. I'm thinking last Sunday in the evening we had our, our Christmas concert at our church, and uh, in that concert I played both the cello, which is my primary instrument, and then I also played the electric bass and then a keyboard bass, and um, the notation was in some cases completely written out. In some cases, it was a lead sheet. In some cases, it was just chord chart. In other cases, I just do my own shorthand. And so you don't necessarily, you know, you have to be multilingual, um, not right. just in the styles, but also right. in notation. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. yeah, actually, another thing that happens very often with pastoral musicians is, uh, again, I'll just speak for myself, but I, in past years, have had funeral cantors in particular, like where the family comes to us and says, we have a loved one that wants to sing at the funeral. And of course, we say yes and make sure that they're as included as we can. But right. I've had people in the past say to me, oh, I'm not a trained singer. I'm singing at my aunt's funeral. And that's way too high. That song is way too high. You're going right. to need to transpose it for me. And so the skill of sight transposing for me has been one of the most important skills. And I distinctly remember learning that in my service playing class at Duquesne. Yeah. And so it's that type of skill. And also one more thing, I remember that there was pushback. I mean, as a student, there was pushback when we had sight transposition, for example, because I remember a classmate of mine saying, who's ever going to need that? We're always going to have our music in advance. But man, let me tell you, Steve. That's right. <laughs> I have used that skill. <laughs> sight, transpos uh, sight reading and sight transposition. Two skills I distinctly remember learning at Duquesne in service playing that I use on a regular basis. So it's those type of things that, I mean, again, like I do think that that in particular is a very unique skill set that sacred musicians need to have. Being competent in so many different styles and also being flexible enough with our skills to, again, adapt to whatever's needed in the situation, which can be fluctuating and changing. So anyway, I that's all to say, this has been wonderful. And I'm so grateful that you guys are starting this program and kind of reshaping what it looks like. And um, I hope if you're listening, if you have any students or young people that has been considering pastoral music, but they don't really know where to go or what to do, um, please check out the program. I'm not just saying that. I will tell you that 
it has been, it was, it was a huge, huge transformation for me. And now with this program, I really do think that it would be a great place for a young person to enter into formation, both musically and of course, spiritually. So. That's yeah. well, that's well said, Amanda. I, I really agree with that. And um, I, I, I'm thinking as you're talking about all the skills that we need and um, there's, you know, one of the challenges is that in four years, even with your best efforts, it's difficult to prepare somebody for every situation that they might encounter. Right. And I think about you and I, and I'm significantly older than you are, but I think about the changes that you and I have both seen in churches, right, um, in our lifetimes. And I'm still learning things. I'm still learning, you know, new nomenclature, new language. Um, mm -hmm. We are now resurrecting many old hymns and old chants, <laughs> and right, and bringing them back. And so it's not even that, okay, this is the complete product now at the end of four years. One of our goals is to say, okay, you're going to be prepared with the foundation that you need to continue learning. And so we know that summer development experiences, we know that worship conference, pastoral musician conferences, um, such as, uh, as, uh, as your organization runs um, are so important. The summer training academies and experiences that you have, um, those are important for ongoing professional development. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an important thing. And um, uh, we also want the students to say, okay, when I get out there, I didn't anticipate this situation, but now I have a network to connect with. I have a professor uh, to connect with and she or he might be able to guide me or, or put me with somebody else. And um, that's why the internships are so um, important, right? Because the students will get out and we'd like them to see some of the mega churches and how they operate. But your average congregation is under 100 people. That's more of a typical parish, right? And a typical congregation. It's not going to be the big ones. So how, how does it look like or what does it look like? And in some cases, you, you need to have multiple skill sets. And sometimes that includes tuning the piano, uh, which we don't <laughs> we actually have a piano tuning class. Um, now that I think about it, it's not part of the really? program, We offer piano tuning and oh. we have lots of students who take that. Uh, yeah. So David Barr, our Steinway technician here, uh, teaches that class and it's a great class. So we've had many students do that. But you know, how do I plug things in? How does amplification work? Um, hopefully you don't have to clean too many, you know, do too much custodial work. Um, uh, but sometimes you end up printing programs or printing bulletins or things oh, like yeah. that. Oh, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you so much for your time, not just today, but clearly your work on this, this program. Thank you so much for advocating for us in sacred music and bringing this new degree to the table with the hopes that Again, we just continue to focus on forming the youth in front of us so that they can continue to help and lead the church with prayerful but high-level ministry and music. Thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. And that's, I don't say that lightly. It really has been um, an effort of joy and, uh, I, um, and one in which I, I can't wait to see uh, students serving in, in local congregations uh, who feel prepared and frankly, uh, can really help meet the needs and support the work of our of our pastors and our priests and others who are, you know, shepherding, um, doing the large work of shepherding. And thank you to you as Ma as well, Amanda, and to National Pastoral Musicians, and and um, to those of you who are listening. And 
feeling sometimes like you're alone in the middle of all of this, um, <laughs> just know that that you're not and the, and the work that you are doing, um, whether in a large congregation or a small congregation or an urban area or a rural area or internationally, uh, to know that the work that you are doing is so important and we do it all for the glory of God. And so uh, I just, I really wish you all the best. And just, uh, if you want to reach out, please don't hesitate. Um, at Duquesne, DUQ again, uh, duq.edu, uh, music admissions, or you can email me directly. Uh, it's okay to share my email address, Amanda. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's Benham, that's B like boy, E-N like Nancy, H-A-M like Mary, at duq.edu. So Benham at duq.edu. Awesome. Thank you so much, Steve, again. Thank you. Thanks. We'll see you later. Thanks so much to Dr. Benham for his time today. For more information about the degree program at Duquesne University, check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. The recording of Oh God, You Search Me was produced by GIA Publications, World Library Publications. And today's theme music was produced by Aaron Schaus. Today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.